Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me as always is my podcasting partner, Paul. I love lamp. <laughs> and we're here with this week's episode of Bright Side of the Suns for the Fans by the Fans podcast. Um, start off really quickly, Bright Side Night, just another plug, got to plug it. January 14th, playing the Pacers, $9 per ticket, send an underprivileged kid to the Suns game, so go ahead and make those donations, and uh, 10 Tickets gets you tickets to the game. Uh, first 25 people get to do the Q&A with McDonough. All that fun stuff like we've talked about before. All right. That's done. Moving on. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. We will do, do it. it. So Suns went 2-2 two and two since the last time we recorded. Uh, beat Minnesota, which was a good win over a, another young team. And they're, one, they're a team that was expected to make the leap because they made those tra- they made a couple trades that, and signings that brought in those vets that they expected to kind of shore up and bring them together to make sure. that next step to kind of get into the playoffs. Yep, they brought in Butler, they brought in uh, Jeff Gibson. Teague, um, Taj, Gibson. Taj Gibson, that's right. I forgot about Taj him. Taj Gibson was annoying me in that game. He kept like getting the garbage buckets. I feel like that's I, what not, he does. not that I'm going to say I've watched like a whole lot of Todd Gibson, oh, Gibson, Gibson, Gibson over his career, but I so kind of feel like that's what he does. Yeah, it honestly. is what he does, yeah. but it's annoying when it's like he just gets this random rematch and puts it back in. Mostly just annoying when it's against the Suns, I would say. Yeah. But yes, uh, so we had that game, uh, Lakers game, uh, first game against Lakers this week is weird, weird schedule this year with the what we've played them. Mm-hmm. Three times, times in the first, what, 20 or so games? Yeah, we're probably not going to play them until, what, the last game of the season? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Good job, NBA. Way to, way to come up with that one. Uh, but they lost that game. Uh, then we have the Rockets game. We'll talk about these in a little more detail uh, as we move on. But just a quick recap. Rockets game, which was high scoring. We'll just, we'll just call it that. Uh, they lost that game. Uh, they lost that game really in the first quarter, frankly. Uh, I mean, it was pretty much over by that point. But... I'll say it was still entertaining. I was entertained by that game. And then finished off the week, at least before uh, our recording here, by beating the Lakers, which is always nice. You love beating the Lakers. Can never get enough beating the Lakers. Can never get enough of Lonzo Ball being benched in the fourth quarter and shooting like one for nothing. Well, that's, that, that would be impossible. But, you know, he's shooting. <laughs> one for a lot. Yeah, he's shooting, he's shooting what, like 30%? If that, no, he's less than 30%, I think, this year um, from the field. But at any yeah, rate. That, that's an awesome number two pick right there. He, should, he he got a haircut, so you know maybe new new do new you. Yeah, it didn't work. No. I mean, he was better in the second game against the Suns this week than he was in the first game. He got a nice six 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 line, that little yeah. devil line right there. The, the devil line. He didn't get benched all fourth quarter of that game, so maybe no. He walked to the bench. Yes, that's right. During a little <laughs> skirmish, that was that was something else. Um, well, you know, okay. Well, let's just talk about that really quick. We'll just flow right into that. We'll we'll go backwards <laughs> and talk about the games. So. That was the second skirmish the Suns had this week. Yeah. Second skirmish involving the Lakers, too. 
Because during that first game, when Booker like went from the sun side of the court all the way to the Laker bench because one of the coaches was talking to him, uh, but this one seemed a little more a little more involved at least in, in that you had Josh Jackson running from like God, dude, don't do that <laughs> when you're on the Suns. Like, haven't we had enough of people coming off the bench and doing things? But technically, it was during a timeout because the timeout had just been called. He, I don't think he came off the bench. He just came I thought from he was. The I thought. Oh, was he? I thought he was on the yeah, bench. I think he was. Yeah. He was on the. I'm pretty sure he was on the court. He just came from. They'd be making a more big deal about it because he. Well, there was a timeout called, so technically, still doesn't matter. You, you come off the, the bench, you're, you're. People come you're, off the bench during timeouts all the time. CJ McCollum didn't play in the opening <laughs> game because he came off the bench in a preseason game during a timeout. I don't remember. All right, we'll move on. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that was kind of one of those situations, though, for Lonzo Ball being the person that he is in terms of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Polarizing. Yes. Very polarizing. If he, he walks away, obviously he gets tons of crap that he doesn't stand up for his teammates and doesn't care and blah, blah, blah. Right. But had he got involved in this, like, Lonzo Ball's in a fight. Like, well, so. But it, there's the third option that nobody's really talking kinda about. Kind of stand close by but don't do anything? <laughs> no, go in there and be actively trying to break it up. Like, be, like keep pulling guys out of it. You're involved in the skirmish, but you're not the one escalating the skirmish. You're trying to de-escalate it. Which there's always that guy. Like Grant Hill was a guy like that. He would run into that skirmish to break it up. Mm-hmm. And whereas Lonzo Ball's like, I don't care. I'm gonna walk this way. <laughs> He's like, nope. Yeah, tons of nopes. Not like, doing this. Well, whatever. I mean, I, yeah. I I I don't not like Lonzo Ball. I don't like Lonzo Ball's dad. And I think that's pretty yeah. much where everybody stands. Poor kid gets the flack because of that. So I'm gonna say, let's just let this one go. Let it let it pass. Yeah. He, he he just wanted to maybe maybe he has like some crazy bad temper that we don't know about. He knew if he got involved, then you know <laughs> fists were gonna fly. So he did the the he keeps a knife the in the response his sock just because he's <laughs> got a shiv. He did the responsible thing, decided to step back and just remove himself from the situation. I don't know. So okay, since we're you want to talking more about Lonzo Ball not fighting, okay. Good. That was more than enough. Do you want to talk about his shot compared to Booker's shot? You can yeah, go for it. <laughs> uh, th- there was a nice uh, com- side-by-side comparison that was done. Uh, I believe uh, Kenny over at TNT. Or no, it was, no, it was Eddie Johnson. Eddie Johnson. Okay, my bad. Kenny. I was thinking that Kenny was on Smith the big just getting all sorts of, yeah. sorts of credit for nothing. <laughs> but just the, uh, the way they're just set up and how Booker's is just perfectly, like, Immaculate of a of a structure, whereas Lonzo Balls is just looks like a rec league show. Yeah, that, that was like a well painted <laughs> picture, Paul. Like perfectly well structured. <laughs> I didn't know what you said. You said something about a structure. Yeah, no, and it was one of those things. Like I watched. I'm a U of A guy, so I watch a lot of I watch a lot of Pac-12 basketball. So I watched a lot of Lonzo Ball last year. Uh, and obviously, just being a basketball fan in general, I think everybody that is a basketball fan watched a lot of Lonzo Ball last year at UCLA, and he made shots. And, and I knew that he took the ball across his body and shot from kind of the right side of his head. I just had no idea it was, like, that extreme. Eddie Johnson pointed out his feet pointing, like, pretty much to the sideline, which is nuts. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand how that didn't get more discussion during the whole draft process. And Josh Jackson's just getting crapped on left and right. And maybe I'm a little biased because everyone knows I love Josh Jackson. But still, it's it, it it's one of those shots that... Obviously, he has the ability to make it, but apparently that ability ended at college because it just hasn't been happening in the NBA. 
But we'll see. I mean, right. he's early in his career. I think he'll ultimately end up being fine. I hope as a Suns fan, he's not. He just sucks and it's horrible and the Lakers, you know, are terrible. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see. Who's good? You know who's come a long way, too, I feel like, since last year is Brandon Ingram. He, yeah, he, he definitely did. I mean, we saw it when we were out there for Summer League. I mean, he was really active. I mean, granted, I don't think he was in the game that long just because I think he got, like, slight tweak. I don't remember. And I think he got, like, a slight, slight tweak to his ankle, and they pulled him out for the rest of Summer League. That but makes sense. he looked way better. He just needs a new haircut. The, the, he has, like, the – this is going to sound strange, so brace yourself. <laughs> but he has, like, I mean, the weirdest it. body. Yeah, it is. A, I it is oddly shaped, and I don't know what to make. Like, I don't. I can't describe why it's weird. It's just weird. Maybe it's because yeah. his shoulders are like they're so like straight. Pointed. But yeah, they're like there's they're no, like up. He, he apparently does zero <laughs> shrugs in the gym. Like none. No no shrugs. No overhead. I, I think his shoulders are up really high because he's got like a short neck, maybe. <laughs> All right, and just really long arms. I'm gonna move us on from. He does have very long arms. Move us on from breaking torso. breaking down Brandon Ingram's body. Um, and we're not body let's, shaming. It obviously let's works talk well about for the him. Suns. Let's talk about the Suns. This yeah. is an early comment of ours when we first started this. That we didn't we talk stopped about talking suns. about everything else under the sun besides the Suns. Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, we'll move off that Lakers game. Let's talk about the Rockets game. Because wow, that Rockets game was something else. And and when I say that, I mean like wow. The points, ninety points given up in the first half. That's yeah. that's that's a lot of points. They they give what it was. Did they do forty five and forty five in the first two quarters? I think they did. I, I think I think the Rockets scored forty five yeah. in the first. But it was a lot. That was one of those games. Okay, you can very easily look at that game and be like, "Oh my god, that was horrible." The Suns' defense was horrible. Blah blah blah. But I looked at that game and thought, "There's actually positives to take out of this." And if you ever told me that I watch a Suns game where they gave up 90 points and a half and 142, I think it was, overall, and lost by 26, 28, whatever it was, and I would take positives out of it, I would say you're crazy. But when you the, got a young team and you're looking yeah, for them exactly. to grow. And the offense, looked, the offense looked good in that game. And that was the game where we, we, we started this narrative now about the possibility of the Suns starting to run Booker at the point guard a lot more. Yeah. And Paul, I'll, I'll let you chat a little bit. Do you have well, thoughts on running Booker at the point guard? Or if you don't, then I'll just keep going. But he, He's definitely shown an improvement this season in his distribution, which is something that, you know, a lot of pe- a lot of national pundits would harp on Booker about that he was just a scorer. Volume shooter. Volume doesn't shooter. make players around him better. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, national pundits, stop stop not paying attention right. to the Suns basketball and just saying stuff. And, the, and saying, like, oh, he doesn't play defense, but it's – and it was like, okay, he needs to add other skills to his game. The defense is coming along. He's never going to be a great defender. I, well, actually, never say never. Prove us wrong. Never say never, but it's not expected based on his physical gifts that he's not really structured well to be a great defender. But he has shown other uh, scoring skills, and also clearly he's starting to show some great, some pretty solid um, distribution skills. And so I really like it. I don't think they can. I don't think they can run it full time. Um, and just and I think Triano doesn't really want to do it either because just the focus of that is put on Booker as it is right. to literally make him the point guard as well. It's it's just going to wear him out, and you might see a regression on that defensive side. Mm. So rather, so I can see it. In, I can definitely see it in spurts, and maybe even in crunch time, just because I mean Mike James and Tyler Ulis really aren't crunch time players. 
And they're not going to, I mean, those, I like both those players, but they're both not going to rise at any point, I don't think, to the caliber of point guard that you want leading an NBA team. Starting yeah, for an NBA exactly. team that you expect to exactly. compete, the, improve, and make into the playoffs, win a championship. There's a reason maybe Mike before James I die, is, uh, almost thirty year old rookie. Sure, sure. I, um, and and I'll say, you know, we can you can go back and listen to the tapes if you would like. But you and I were both saying towards the end of last year that Booker's playmaking ability was coming along yeah. nicely, and that if he continued to improve that that he could really turn into this all-around player that we want him to be. And we're seeing it now really start to come to fruition, and it's only going to improve more and more. And, I mean, he's been scoring in an incredibly efficient efficient manner. Yeah, over 30 in, like, what what did I say, four of the last six games? Something like that. Which, And, and, and the, one of the two he didn't, he got 10 assists. Right, and, and <laughs> I know his, his true shooting percentage is up there. Um, he, yeah. I mean, basically when he break down – his efficiency from the offensive end this year, he's right up there with some of the you know top guys in the league. The the, the LeBrons as ugh, I don't like LeBron, but the LeBrons, the the Currys, the Hardens, those guys. And I mean, again, back to the national pundit saying, is he really going to be superstar material? Yes, 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 yes. yes. Actually, um, I was actually scrolling through Twitter today. Um, Chris Hansen, one of the guys uh, who's in kind of in Suns Twitter, from had from. From no, not from not that Chris Hansen. Not okay. that Chris Hansen. I don't think so. I hope. I mean, I mean, <laughs> Maybe that's he's fine. A Suns fan. I'm just. I'd be concerned if it's putting too much focus on. But on he, he had a he had a thread of a bunch of a bunch of statistics on Booker and just kind of how he really is making that leap and really becoming that superstar caliber player. I mean, you re, do we we really need to start considering? Does he actually have a shot at an All Star bid this year? I mean, when you're looking at the Western Conference from a guard perspective, there's three of them come to mind with like with Curry, Thompson, and Harden. Chris Paul. Chris Paul is probably going to get it off of name recognition, but you know Lillard. He, Lillard gets never makes it. <laughs> he's good enough, but he's actually having kind of a down year, a little bit. <laughs> So, I mean, there's guys there, but, I mean, with the stats that Booker's starting to put up, he's, comparatively, he is a top four guard sure. in the Western, in the league right now, arguably, from a statistical measure. So, yeah, you know, I mean, you kind of got to put him in the conversation. Yeah, and if he keeps doing what he's doing right now, I mean, right. and he doesn't make the All-Star game, that's just highway robbery. That, that's just son's bias. That's just server bias. It goes that far. Like it goes that far. Other other coaches who vote on reserves are gonna like <laughs> yep. not vote him in because they don't like Sarver. I don't know. As, hopefully, we don't run into a situation <laughs> like with uh, Dragic a couple years back, where uh, Tony Parker was just a jackass and could have sat out for injury and just stole a, a million dollars from Booker <laughs> or from from Dragic. I was, I'm still furious about that one. Well, I'm furious about everything the Spurs do, pretty much. So. Pop and Kerr for president, twenty twenty. That okay, you know, <laughs> it pains me to think that I would actually like. I would totally support that, but I, I can at least fall back on Kerr being a U of A guy. So <laughs> I'm all I'm all in there. Let's do it. Um, so you know, and I I I I'll say I tend to agree with you in terms of the Booker thing. Um, as far as him 
you know, we can't make him the full-time point guard. Right. Situationally, great. I think yeah. that, that works. But then, you know, we get to the point, too, where we still have to start thinking about where we're going to go with point guard in the future. Because right. if we're not going to commit and say, well, we want Booker to be the point guard, we which I'm wanna, totally We're not sure with. he's going to go down the J- James Harden route that uh, the Rockets did last year. And, and, and then the Rockets could, still went out and got got Chris Paul, so obviously right. they they don't want him just <laughs> being point guard either. It could be an interesting experiment to kind of do that and then bring in a guy like a Luka Doncic who is kind of a similar structure of you know kind of shooting guard but can really distri- distribute pretty well. And so then you're now admitting that he's out. a shooting guard, not a point guard. Is that what you're saying? Well. They classify him somewhere in there that he can play one of he's the... He's a basketball player. That's what he is. He's a player. basketball player. He's He is the next generation's better Jalen Rose. <laughs> yes. the, 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 the position on the, the positionless guy in the one position that's not positionless, right, Paul? Yeah, pretty much. Let's, should we recap everything you said last week? Are we good, Are we good now? We're good. <laughs> well, because, I mean, it's not like the free agent class is great. Yeah. The free agent class is garbage for point guards. For point guards, yeah. That's the, and uh, when you start, when you go down the list of, like, other teams who, and just try to see, like, would any of these guys be worth the Suns' time of acquiring to actually, like, make a meaningful impact at that position? And what teams are possibly willing to give up those guys? Right. There really aren't a lot of options, at least not right now. Right. So we'll God see what develops yeah, through the year too, because I mean, people people become unhappy you with can their situation. Get Kyrie, Kyrie trade. <laughs> yeah, you know, hindsight fifty fifty. What twenty twenty? <laughs> Definitely not fifty fifty. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, that that's one thing. Now that you kind of look back, and it was like, well, we don't really need Kyrie. Well, we want to get Kyrie for that now, and now it's like, hmm, but. You know. I don't know. Putting him under under Watson, I don't know if he'd be like reaching his full potential Who? the way he is. Yeah. Who? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. Um, Greg Watson. Greg Watson. Yeah. <laughs> and Earl Monroe. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about Earl Monroe. <laughs> Greg. Uh, <laughs> no, I know. I was like though. I was that was on purpose, Paul. I uh, just let's, got let's, that. Let's, okay, I'm a little cool. slow tonight. I'm, I'm happy you caught up. Have let's let's, let's, let's talk about Greg Monroe. Let's talk about Greg. Moose, as Moose. I've learned he's called. <laughs> yeah. That's a sweet that nickname. That's a great nickname. That's a badass nickname. And, and <laughs> like, just it, a nickname. <laughs> it seems very fitting. Like, I look at him, I'm like, yeah, that fits. So it makes, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Um, his first game with the Suns was, I mean, productive is an understatement. He had a very solid first game, um, and as I say that, I'm scrambling to Granted, find it the was stats. in the Rockets. It was in the Rockets game where uh, apparently like nobody played defense because you know we talk about the Rockets putting 142 and scoring you know 90 in the first half. The Suns scored 65 in the first half and put up 116. It's not like they did nothing, and they and neither team was really. Well, I guess Harden was still in there pretty late into the game, <laughs> but the, but the you know that fourth quarter wasn't nearly as explosive as uh, um, any of the first three. Well, the first the third quarter wasn't really that explosive either. So let me stop talking myself out of my point. But back to Craig Monroe, he went ten for fourteen uh, with twenty points and eleven rebounds that game. Now his second game with the Lakers, which was you know on the second night of a back to back and he's coming off of injury it's his first real action in quite a while uh, was that rockets game so him not playing as well in that game and plus you know um, tyson was back as well isn't all that surprising but in that rockets game Monroe gave us flashes showed us what he's still capable of doing which kind of gets back to what we talked about last week what they were going to do with Monroe mm-hmm. you know i had said i thought they were going to release him and i'm definitely happy they didn't because that's just you know 
he's still a tradable asset if you're yeah. so inclined to go that way. So why not give him a chance to show what he can do? And that's what they're obviously starting to do. My dog is sleeping and is snoring really loudly. <laughs> um, and I think that him him coming in, showing that right off the bat, and if he can kind of, you know, even if it's not to that degree, but still show that he has that ability to score, to rebound, which which right. he does. He's not useless like some of us think. No, he's not. Um, <laughs> he's not useless. That was an overstatement. I think that's two retractions right now uh, on, this, on this episode. I, I've retracted a lot okay. in the year that we've been podcasting. Fair enough. <laughs> so... He he becomes a piece then that you can look to move if you're so inclined towards towards that trade deadline. When teams that are in it for the stretch run are looking for somebody who can maybe be a good backup center mm-hmm. that can bring some offensive ability, that can bring some rebounding, and can you know help push them over the hump. So you know he, he, I think the Suns did the right thing by not releasing him, and I'm pretty sure everyone in you know. Suns universe is going to agree yeah. with that. I mean, I mean bound, he bounce from an offensive perspective. He balances the team out a little bit more, having that like an extra, uh, reasonably reliable front court scorer. Um, because really, the front court right now is you know the front court previous to him joining the team was like Len and Chandler, and neither of those were reliable scorers. And you know Bender and Chris, who are both rookies, also not reliable scorers yet. Mm-hmm. So having to rely as much as they do on TJ and Booker, you know, they can't put up 35 each every night, right. clearly. Like they did in the Minnesota game. Exactly. Yeah. And and I'll, I'll, I'll step back. I was wrong. Chandler was not back in that second Laker game. I was looking at the wrong box score. But nonetheless, Monroe still wasn't as effective as he was in his first game. Again, second night back-to-back. Not that surprising, but... Mr. Alex Len also had quite the evening against the Lakers uh, in that second game this week. Seventeen yeah. points, eighteen rebounds. You know, no big yeah, deal. Yeah, I think I think Triano still is um, kind of is following the follow, follow the hot hand philosophy, sure. and Len was playing really well, so he let him stay in. You know, he got twenty seven minutes that night, so versus sixteen for Greg. I mean, obviously, you know, tired legs for Greg playing the previous night. Um, but you know, Len was going off, so let him go, let yeah. him run with it. And, and I'm totally for that. I mean, play the hot hand, absolutely. Especially when you got guys like this um, that are this young. If 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 they're starting to roll, you know, that's going to get their confidence going. You don't want You don't want. You don't want to negate that. You don't want to dr- pull that back in any sort of way because you know these, these kids as they're developing. Which even though Len's been in the league for what like 13 years now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. He still can't <laughs> grow a beard, so he's got, he's still pretty young. <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, yes, that's that's true. Um, I don't know that even when he's in the league for 13 years, he's going to really grow a beard, though. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, so, one, one, you know, you hit a certain age. Guys. Trust me, I know if you don't grow a beard by a certain age, you're not going to be able to grow a beard. You think, I, but there's this, like, that Eastern European, like, heritage that's very heavy in the facial hair and the genes, so. Well, who knows? Well, maybe, maybe, maybe he'll be a late bloomer in that regard. Kind of like he's been a bit of a late bloomer here with, yeah, the, you know, I mean, with the Suns. So, yeah, I mean, you, you got to ride that hot hand, and especially a guy like Len, who's been inconsistent over his four years, is it, right, with the this Suns? Is, this is fourth fifth, year. Fifth. Is it fifth year? Yeah. Well, so it's four years, right? Yeah. Fifth and going to the fifth. Uh, with the Suns, you, you, you want him to continue to kind of ride that wave of confidence, so I'm, I'm all Definitely. for that, regardless of who it is. I mean, whatever whoever mm-hmm. whoever the player might be on a given night that has a hot hand, ride it. Exactly. Means. Yeah. And I mean, and we also we start starting to see more consistent flashes from some of the other guys. I mean, like we're 
there's they still still make dumb mistakes, but we're we're seeing flashes from Bender, particular. And I mean, I really love that defensive duo of Bender and Len. They just like literally swallow guys up under the basket without fouling, and it's it's kind of amazing to watch because with the length they have, that they Bender will get a guy to go baseline, and then Len's just right there standing there, and then Bender gets on the other side of him, and he's got nothing right. to do. And I'm starting to learn like when you're that tall and that long, you don't need a you, you don't, don't need, need to you, jump. You, you don't need to jump, and you don't need to put your arms forward even a degree. Just yeah. put them straight up. <laughs> Can't do much. You'll you'll probably still get called for fouls because the NBA referees are horrible, but <laughs> you'll let, you'll be less likely to get called for fouls. Um, so speaking of Bender, yeah, uh, you you brought up this idea before we started recording, so I'll let I'll let you share your thoughts on it. Yeah, Bender's, I mean, can I can I tell you what the idea is first, no. or at least tell the people listening what the idea no. is first? They're not in your head. I want to tell them what the idea is. Oh, okay. But no, you can. No, you 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 are the uh, you run the ship, <laughs> quote quote unquote host. host? Yeah. I don't like that. We're like co-hosts, so. I don't know, we'll find out. We'll find out. We, we, we get the we get the real words. I'm the yapper. Like, you're, you're we'll the call play, me the yapper. You're the play-by-play and guy. You're the color guy. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. So, should Dragon Bender be starting over Marquise Chris? And that's all I'll say. You go. I mean, I'm I'm wondering if it's starting to get to that point because Chris has really regressed this year. I mean, his he's putting up like six points a game, a little over six points a game, and like I think four and a half rebounds. And, but I mean, Bender's numbers aren't that much better. The raw numbers, like the counting numbers, but he just is affecting the game so much more when he's on the floor where Chris is just kind of out there like flopping around, just not really sure what's, what's going on and what he's doing. I don't know if it would give him a kick in the ass to kind of get himself in line because I think part of the reason they've, kept him in the starting lineup is he's not he says he's not comfortable coming off the bench and Bender seems to not care so I mean maybe if he's the if Chris is the first yank and Bender's in there pretty quickly but I know they kind of like to start balancing that Booker Warren so Warren tends to be the first yank to get uh Jackson in but to keep your to keep your main offensive weapons really on the court whether it's together so one or of them, apart yeah, as at much least as possible one of them at, yeah. at all times but Bender's just really starting to show me a lot that that those flash the more time he can get on the court particularly with the starters the more those flashes will turn into consistency and just become that's what his game is i mean he may never be a high stats guy but I think he just, on so many levels, affects the flow of the game. And, and this is, com- well, it's not completely unrelated, but I'm looking at Bender's profile on ESPN.com. And his picture, he's got like, <laughs> do you ever watch wrestling? Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't need to watch wrestling to know who The Rock is. Yeah. He's got like the people's eyebrow thing going <laughs> on he? like in his picture. It's awesome. <laughs> I think it's just stardom just for that reason. So, okay, well, you didn't really answer the question, though. So should he be, uh, let's say right now, should Bender start over Chris as we sit here today? Next game, I'd like tomorrow to see him against the Bulls, for, so I'd Jay like to Triano see him put him in there. with it for a, for a little bit. You know, give it give it two weeks. See, see, if, see how it changes things. See if maybe it gives... Chris the kick in the ass he needs mm-hmm. maybe or it gives uh Ben you know just Bender kind of earns the right because he, he's kind of earning earning a shot now and now and then give him the opportunity to see if he can earn the right to keep it 
So that that's just my position on it is give him a shot and see what happens. Right. And what's interesting is overall this year, Bender is actually averaging more minutes a game than Chris is. Which I guess isn't really that surprising now, as I think back watching games. It yeah, seems well, like, Chris also gets fouled a lot or right. fouls a lot, so <laughs> that's true. And and at the same time, I was gonna say like I remember seeing like I feel like I remember seeing Bender on the floor more, but then at the same time, it's like well that goes back to your point about him having more impact. So you probably right. you probably also notice him more on the court at any given time. So. What do you think, though, by the end of the year, do you think that Bender will take over that starting position? I, w- I want to I hope so, because I, I think he deserves it at this point. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't know if, because you know, sometimes they ha- there are guys who start because they're better starting. Mm-hmm. And, if, and then they have, a, they have a complimentary player who it doesn't really matter, so you get... And if Chris would regress even further if he went to the bench, it's almost it might almost be worth it to keep him starting just from the standpoint of he's semi productive versus being completely unproductive. Right, and and you know Bender could eventually be one of those guys. I mean, we've talked about like this before in the pod that there there yeah there have been a lot of guys in the NBA that have made great careers out of being the first guy off that bench. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Odom. Jamal Crawford comes to mind. Manager Dudley. That guy in San Antonio whose name I won't say because I don't like him. <laughs> but you might have just said it. So, yeah, you know, we'll see We'll see how that, that, that progresses throughout the year. I mean, what I think we can all agree on right now is the Suns are very much a work in progress. Um, there's there's moving parts. Things to, you know, Tri- Triano is still getting, you know, he's still becoming the head coach. Right, right. I, they've been... Yeah, I think he was quoted recently saying that basically, yeah, our practices are training camp right now. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's he, he was like the first two months of me being head coach is like going through training camp. Yeah. So tells ooh. you a lot about what happened to training camp. <laughs> it's like a lot of soul cycle classes, soul cycle, <laughs> yoga, yoga <laughs> hugs, which is fine. I'm I'm a hugger. I don't mind it. But <laughs> cuddle sessions. Maybe got to mix a little <laughs> mix a little basketball in there every now and then. Oh, Earl Watson, bless your soul. He seems like such a nice guy. Apparently he's uh, re-enrolled at U- UCLA. Hey, why not? He's got some free time on his hands. He's got Getting money paid. coming in, in the door. Man, can I get a head coaching job for just, I'll do it for like, just let me sign like a two-year contract. I'll come in for like four games and fire me and just pay yeah. me. You don't need to pay me as much. I'll, I'll take like, you know, yeah. I'll take a half of what he's making. I don't know what that was, but I assume that's more than I make, but maybe not. He was very low paid. So <laughs> anyway, moving moving on. To what? I don't know. Uh, we kind of hit on the topics it. we wanted to <laughs> chat about. Any other thoughts from you, Paul, about anything uh, Suns-related? Um, I'm just, as I said before, I'm liking this. I'm liking where the season's going. They're being, you know, they're third in the Western in the Pacific Div- Division right now, just like half a game behind the Lakers. Granted, four of those teams have losing records, but it's it's kind of interesting to see that they're not the worst team in the in the division they're not even the second worst team in the division so it's good to see that improvement and hopefully we'll see that grow and that consistency and maybe be able to see that next that jump next year as well hey and they're only two games out of the playoffs right now oh yeah i mean 15 games in but whatever whatever hey it's close that's 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 less than i would have thought yeah positive (laughs) thinking positive thinking yeah no i mean <clears throat> Excuse me, I tweeted this out last night. I mean, we're not going to win a lot of games this year, but God, I really love this team. Like, I love this team. I yeah, love the Suns team. team. Like, if if we'd have been doing this like three, four years ago, I'd be like, so meaning the like the Scully year. We, so <laughs> let's let's talk let's talk about the Morris twins. 
who they beat up this week. I mean, yeah. it's it's great having this this direction, um, or at least it looks like we have direction. Hopefully, we stay on this in this direction, and, and never guarantee that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see where the future takes us. Yeah, they've and got an interesting uh, next four. Could be interesting to see with. Uh, what are they, uh, I know they have the Bulls tomorrow night. Bulls, Recording bu- on a Saturday. Pull back the curtain. <laughs> Bulls, Bucks, Pelicans, Timberwolves. Is the Bucks? Are the Bucks? Is the Bucks game here? Yeah. The return of my friend Eric. The return of Eric, who has been putting up like horrible stats. He's like Lonzo ball shooting territory since since the trade. Well, you know he's rusty. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't care about basketball in God knows how long. So, you know, I, and I, Bledsoe, I mean, we've seen what he can do. I'm sure he'll end up being fine. I still think that was a good move for the Bucks. And But the more he doesn't produce, the, like, you know, the better Maybe focusing the better more on the him. defensive end now that it matters. Yeah, I mean, he has he has, he has has some guy there that's pretty good at scoring the ball. A little you know, bit. Yeah. A little uh, bit. Some, some Greek guy. You know, maybe yeah, you guys got some there, shooters. Maybe you guys have ever heard of him. I'm not sure. So, all right. Well, it's uh, not like his coach was that great of a shooter until way later in his career, anyway. There you go. See, you're just pulling out all sorts of ideas, Paul. Well done. So, uh, I guess then, at this particular juncture in time, we'll just say Brightside Night, January, what did I say, 16th? Is that right? Yes, that is right. Yeah. Hold on. 14th, sorry, my bad, against the Pacers. <coughs> Excuse me, make those donations. I'm sorry if I'm like out of breath today. I hiked Kinawak Mountain, and I haven't hiked in like 10 years. Seemed like a really, it feels like right now like a really this bad is, idea for yeah. me to jump in and do that, <laughs> but I'm a little, little, little gassed here yeah. today. You, I, mean, you I, I finished, like, I finished like six hours ago. Yeah, still here I am, just like, oh my God. So, that being said, a little glimpse into my life. Until next time, which may, might, be ne- might be next week. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. I don't know if we'll, we'll have it. I'm going to be in Texas somewhere, uh, somewhere like down by the border. I'm not sure where. If I come back, hopefully I will. We'll record, but, you know, we'll see. Just don't go to Juarez. Okay, I'll try, <laughs> try not to. I'll do my best. So until next time, whenever that might be, thank you for listening. And as always, have a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Crayons taste like purple. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.